Blue Chip Sports Network presents Get in the Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com. Welcome to another edition of Get in the Game. It's episode 89. Tonight, we're going to be talking about college football, which is in a state of uh, mass confusion. We're going to be talking about NBA playoffs. That's where we are right now in the year 2020 of COVID, where sports are taking on a completely different life all their own. We're going to talk about a little bit of that tonight. We're going to talk about uh, college football, some teams playing, some teams not, and the NBA bubble playoffs have started. So this should be a lot of fun. We've got the entire crew here. We'll start with the kid, Mr. Jordan Santa Maria. Jordan, it is good to see you, man. And uh, I'm hoping you've got your air conditioning problems fixed. Yep, Eric. Uh, everything is well in the household. Thank God, because man, we got we got this heat wave, and and I know I know you're struggling a little bit. So I'm praying for you, brother. But yeah, hey, everything I, will be well, and, and that AC will be fixed soon, man. I, I appreciate it because it's 107 outside. It's 95 inside my house at the moment. So Whew. I am. Eric, not air, air conditioning. Uh, you know, we're we're still doing this thing on Zoom, right? Because we're all social distanced. Um, but you're a little shinier than usual. Yeah, yeah the audience can't see it, but uh, I'm just trying to paint a picture like a like a good audio host would do. Uh, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, quite shiny. There's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a glow there. We, we we spent some time in the sun yesterday, but it was okay because in the sun that we were in, it was under 80 degrees with a light breeze right on the ocean. So I, I was pretty happy about that. Oh, so you went to Never Never Land then, yeah. right, Eric? Brian would know a little something about the area over there. Welcome to the show, Mr. Nelson. How are you? Thank you, Eric. I'm doing well. You know, Reg, he really has, he looks tonight like a radio host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a compliment. What you a know? compliment. <laughs> I've never looked like a television host, so this is, that is just a face made for radio, but how are you doing tonight? You you excited to talk a little college football, a little NBA? Well, I love it's college football, my second favorite sport besides Major League Baseball. Uh, it's going to be a little weird, going to be a little different, going to be um, a little empty maybe, but uh, hey, the right teams play on Saturday, it's worth tuning in. Yeah, well, we can have a college football season that lasts from September until March or April now, if you count the two split things going on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but at least Brian, when we're talking uh, college football and NBA, not one mention of the San Francisco Giants has to be made except for right there. <laughs> and oh, nobody look, wants to, oh, nobody wants up. to talk about them. That is the most embarrassing thing I have ever seen. Hey, Eric, at least you're still representing, man. I respect I it. Am. You got, you got I, the- I got the hat, got the shirt, you know, I'm a fan of good times and bad, but I can't put, I can't put lipstick on that pig. That is Man. one oh, hey, ugly beast. There. Hang in there, Eric. They've been their own worst enemy. <laughs> and welcome, welcome to the show, Mister Reggie Wright. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Introduce me, Eric. Please. I'm going to give you. Here. I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Go, Mister uh-huh. Reggie Wright, the professor and the ever optimistic <laughs> pundit of those that underachieve, the Giants and the Cow Bears. You go now. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, shots fired, <laughs> Jordan. Shots fired. <laughs> you got no, your seconds. <laughs> Where's the doot, 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 doot? No, normally, I am the, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pessimist. I've grown up a Bay Area fan for a long time. I've seen my dreams dashed uh, over and over and over again um, until like the 2010s. But, um, you know, I will say – that even though the Giants have been off to a rocky start, the games that they've lost, they've lost to the San Francisco Giants. So if they can figure themselves out, I think they can be competitive. I mean, for the longest time, they were holding on to a playoff spot. They're only a game and a half or two out as we speak right now. So if they can, if they can figure out uh, how to shut down games in the ninth inning, if they can figure out how to field routine ground balls, then I think they're going to be okay. You know, there's still there's still two thirds of the season left, and as far as the Cal Bears go, they're going undefeated this year, Eric. Uh, you know, 2020 undefeated California Golden Bears. Okay. Well, like I said, <laughs> Reggie's credibility right there. Did you uh, walk out? Yeah, the door? Well, 
Can you argue with me? Give give me a good counterpoint. I mean, don't you have I mean, come on, man. Uh, Who's bears in 2020? Okay. All right. Well, you know, actually in 2020, didn't they? No, they didn't play a bowl game last year either, did they? Not, not on New no, Year's Day. No, they did, but they never play. They played the, you know, New the, Year's the Day. bowl game before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's get this thing rolling, and let's talk about uh, this this college football season where nobody seems to be on the same page. Nobody in conferences seems to be on the same page. And let's start. There are five primary conferences that we know for sure are playing football in the fall. And it's the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, the Sun Belt, and then the three from the Power Five, the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. Those are the five conferences that we know for sure are playing football starting in September. Waiting until January to see if they're going to play is a Pac-12, Big Ten, Mac, WAC, and probably the Mountain West. Uh, I think that is uh, those five conferences are going to take a step back, take a deep breath, and not play, meaning uh, that we're going to have a some kind of a playoff in the fall, and then the Rose Bowl will crown the ultimate uh, spring champion. So this is going to be a unique deal. Talk to me a little bit, gentlemen, about how you feel about this. Is it going to work? Is it good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Is it a smart decision at all? Well, I think when you look at it, Eric, it's kind of a microcosm of where we are in our country and our society right now and how you can all look at the same information and come up with completely different analysis from the exact same information. So you've got the West Coast and the Midwest saying, I don't think so. And you got the South saying, here we go. Um, they've made adjustments. You know, the major conferences, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, primarily all conference games. I think one out of conference potentially. It has to be in your own state. There's some little stipulations, but let's think when you think about it this way, should we or should we not have a college football play without the Big 10 and the Pac 12? Do you know what the record is in the last five years? of the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 in college football playoff games? Anybody want to take a guess? I was waiting for audience participation there. I, I, I didn't happen. No. That's because it was. that's about how much they've won. They are 0 and 9 in Ooh. those games. <laughs> the ACC yeah. and the SEC have dominated the fall college football playoff. So the fact that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't playing in the fall, does it really have a negative impact on the college football playoff? Uh, some would say maybe not. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't think that that's necessarily the way that you, you judge it. Um, but – The record doesn't lie. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I can't Point uh, me. But – Point you. <laughs> I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Great point, Eric. I, I, I mean, better myself. Reg, <laughs> is is the football season going to be as compelling if they split it up like this? Are are are, are we as interested? Do you think um, as we would typically be? I don't think so. I think college football, to a certain degree, well, college football to me is the perfect amalgam between something like major league baseball and the NFL, whereas it's very regional, but at the same time, it's also national, if that makes sense. Um, I follow you. And so, uh, you know, I think it's going to be compelling in terms of, uh, you know, football being on TV. Although I will say that the fact that, I mean, I would imagine, I haven't, I haven't heard an official word, but I would imagine that most of these games, not all of these are going to be played without fans. And that in and of itself is going to um, be a major impact on the quality of what we're seeing on our television. So I, I do think, um, I, I do think it's going to be a little bit of a watered down product, but I mean, I mean, what is it competing against? Uh, like the, so, the, the tennis, tennis tour. So you know, I mean, it'll get it'll get eyeballs. So while I while I go to my thesaurus and look up the word amalgam, thank you, Reggie. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to Jordan. Jordan, 
will it be the same to you without all the pageantry, without all the people, without the tailgate at Death Valley or, um, you know, Ryan Denny Stadium along with it and the marching bands and all of that? You know, I don't think it will, Eric. Um, I think a big part of college football is the student sections, you know, the fans coming out, the, the colors you see, you know, around the field of play. And I've kind of been comparing it a lot. I've been watching a lot of soccer lately. There's been like the Champions League and there's been, you know, the MLS had their playoffs. Um, the one thing with soccer, there's not too many stoppages of play, right? So you can kind of always focus when you're watching it. You can just focus on the game. But I think, you know, with football, there's, you know, the big hit or the big catch. And then there's that break. And I think during that break, that's kind of when the fans and the things surrounding the game really make football exciting and make it pop. And I think that's going to be the thing that's really missing. Um, and then I also see this whole, you know, situation from a player and, and, and coach point of view. You know, as a coach, I, I really have a hard time seeing football in general being played and, you know, if it's even going to last, you know, because once they start, we've seen what happened with baseball, you know, and, and football, you can only imagine – you know, the contact and, you know, the breath that you were talking about, you know, from like Green Bay playing at Lambeau and you can actually get a visual of that. You know, those things, it's, it's hard to see if football is going to last. But from a player's point of view, I mean, I used to be a collegiate athlete. I, I, I definitely would want to play and I hear them. And, and I know, you know, Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, he's starting that petition and, and it's a big deal. And he wants it to, you know, make a push and really try and play. But at the same time, you, you, you kind of got to see it as a time, you know, glass half full, let's just get better, you know, let's try, let, let's try and get better in other ways. And and I think that's what a lot of coaches for sure from the PAC 12 and the people kind of pushing it towards January are, are, are telling their teams. Well, look, let's take a look at it this way. Cause, cause this, I'm sorry, Rich, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say Jordan, Jordan hit, hit the, he hit the nail on the head. Who's going to field after Cincinnati, beats Clemson in double overtime the water boys I mean like <laughs> there's just there's something lacking. there's gonna be something missing you know well I think I think the bigger the bigger problem because that to me is a big problem as, as I've watched baseball and, and a little NBA and some soccer I, I have not been able to generate as much interest because the crowd's not there. I, there there's not as much excitement it's something that's on the air and you can see it but it's not the same but here's the thing for a college athlete, in my opinion. Let's take Oklahoma, for example. When they first started, the first test they gave, they had a bucket load of positive COVID tests. And they did some things, and they got their act all together, right? And they had, they had gone weeks without having a positive test. And then Coach Riley gives them a few days off because they learned that the season start was postponed a couple of weeks, right? And he didn't want to grow stale. So he gave them a couple of weeks. They come back from that break and they have nine more positive tests. Now, I'm, I'm old, but do you really think the 18 to 23-year-old kids will do the right things when not controlled, when traveling, or when away from practice, or will they get out there and get themselves exposed, therefore kind of busting the bubble and, and creating issues inside various teams? Because unlike baseball, you can't go back up you can't go back and make up a game if you have to cancel one, right? And that, I think, is what's going to throw this whole thing into a real loop for those teams that are jumping off early. I think it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, Eric, you talked about 18 and 23-year-olds. We've seen mid to late 20-year-old professional baseball players, pitchers, Absolutely. you know, screw their whole team over. And their team voted to send them to the minor leagues, which I thought was great and tells you a lot. Um. But back to the college football thing. Who are you referencing there? What's that, Reg? I said, who are you referencing there? That was the Cleveland Indians? Yep. Clevenger and Plesak, two of their best pitchers, probably their two best pitchers. They just said, screw you. You guys are going back to the alternate site, and I don't think they're coming back. Not this year. (laughs) And you know what's happened since they did that? They got red hot. Well, that's great for a baseball discussion, but let's get back on the football. Oh, let's talk a little bit. Sorry, you, you, you laid it out there because of the, the yeah. inability to social distance at 18 to 23-year-olds. But um, let's, 
let's talk about now the season basically going to be all conference except for maybe one non-conference game. And in the ACC now, you've added Notre Dame because they don't want to get left out of anything. So they're going to go ahead and play, and they're going to play a full ACC schedule. But how do you see this really playing out? Um, and how are you going to know what is good football? Because you can't – there's no cross-regional rivalry to tell who's really good. And, Eric, the non-conference games are what we used to refer to as the body bag games. Basically, it's a paycheck for the team coming in to get clobbered. So they're not play, you know, it's not like the SEC is playing the ACC. They're all playing directional schools. No, but the but the Big Ten gets out and plays people. They, you know, the Big Ten will get out and play that. You know, they'll have uh, you know Michigan will play. Well, Michigan played Florida a couple of years ago, and, and but, but Reg, you know, the Big Ten's not Auburn. playing. What's that? The Big Ten's not playing. They canceled their season in the no, I know until just, the spring. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But it's uh, to me, per, you know, my, my view is it's only the SEC that kind of lo- loads up on those body bag games. A lot of other conferences will get out and play people. Right. But for this particular year, what Eric's saying, you're not going to have those intersectional games. So Correct. we just Correct. go based yeah. upon the rep of the league. But is, is this really, you know, is this really just an opportunity to get Clemson and Alabama to play again for some kind of a quote unquote championship? Isn't that really what it's all about? I mean, honestly, though, I mean, that's that's what it's going to end up being. I think either way. I, that That's truly how I feel. I mean, I, I think either way, you're going to see the, the top dogs. And, and at the end of the day, you only want to see, for me, the certain teams playing on those days. Like, there's going to be certain matchups that you're going to miss. But for the most part, you want to see Alabama. You want to see Clemson. You want to see the big dogs playing. The other games are just not going to mean as much without the, you know, all the exterior things with the fans and the crowd and stuff like that. See, to me, college football is such a twofold, you know, it's, it's a, it's an odd dynamic because there's the, there's the, the media marketed piece of it where, you know, you would kind of lean towards just kind of like this whole NBA restart thing. You know, it's kind of for LeBron to get an extra, uh, another shot at a championship. And that's what everybody's kind of said from the beginning. You know, you have, you have a professional sports league that's trying to set something up for a transcendent player or for, you know, in that regard. Right. So, um, you know, on the one hand you have that, you have the media wanting to get eyeballs on uh, certain networks that are going to, that are going to, televise Alabama games are going to televise Clemson games and so on. But then because this is still amateur athletics part, you know, one of the pieces to that puzzle is the opportunity to give these kids a chance to play. A lot of these kids are Alabama or LSU or Clemson or, you know, shoot, even, um, you know, who's a Sunbelt team, UL Lafayette. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, you know, those kids are at these schools to play football. That's why they came. Uh, that's why they enrolled. Right. So it's an opportunity to give them a chance to get on the field. Um, so it's kind of this weird, this weird dynamic between where's the money at versus, you know, what's the best thing for student athletes. This is kind of what we come up with. Well, and, and that's, I, I think those are all great points, but why is there no leadership coming from the NC2A to unify anything. Why have we left this up to commissioners who now have put in, who, who have, because of their own self-interests and not interests of the game, and either side, you can look at either side and make that same claim. They're doing things that they feel is best instead of what's best for the game. And you set up a situation where when the kid from Ohio State fields can't play, you're costing him a ton of money. Because now... Trevor Lawrence, who is going to play, probably comes out easily the number one pick, right? All things being equal, unless he gets hurt. But all things being equal, you know, Fields doesn't have a shot at that right now. And, and so that that part is really not fair because you got some that are playing, some that aren't. But really, wouldn't the NCAA be the voice that you would expect to say, guys, let's all sit in the same room. Let's come up with the same decision. Let's come up with something that works for everybody. But there has been crickets coming out of the NCAA office. Well, I think part of that too, Eric, and I'll I'll let Jordan speak to this too. But I think the idea is that because 
Reg said, it's regional that becomes national. There are certain areas regionally that are having issues with the virus, and there's other areas that aren't having as much problem. Perfect. And so you have to, you got to be able to adjust. It's why, not why do you have to do that? You know, would it, it, it wouldn't be, uh, if, if, if you were in any other sport primarily, right? Because there are a lot of schools, um, and they're, they're, you know, there are, let's put it even at the high school level where, where there's hot spots here in California, right? But they haven't just decided to do some schools where it's hot and some where it's not. You know, it's, it's all uniform. No, the, no, no, that's not true. Sport. There are a couple sections that are playing. Okay, I stand corrected. Gee, yeah, there are a couple sections in the in northern front of our end national of the state audience playing. Huh? I, I appreciate that. Embarrass me in front of our national audience. I'm I sorry, but I didn't I mean, want it to be untrue. Wait. I wanted to try to stop you. I didn't. I guess I could have waved my hands. But that's okay. No, no. But my, I guess my point is, these types of decisions that are based on uh, on regionalism. Does it really? It, it. I don't feel it helps the entire sport. Uh, I mean, I agree. I don't think it helps the entire sport, but I think I, I'm kind of standing with Brian on this one. It, it's hard. I mean, if, if I just talk about our league, and, so. But hang on, hang on just a second. Before you go any further, you know, it's not regional. Florida is just as hot as here right now in terms of COVID tests. Um, the South is getting ravaged and Texas is getting ravaged now in places that they haven't been before, just as bad as California. And probably the Midwest is where it's as calm as it could be for the most part. You know, I, I don't see that correlation as much as maybe you guys do. No, 100%. I think with college football, the problem is, is that the parts that are getting ravaged, the, you know, the, the regions that we're talking about are the places where the big teams are. I mean, we're talking about the West Coast, you know, with the Pac-12 big teams and the South with you know, where college football is making all their money and then parts of Florida. So it's hard. I mean, I think if you're the NCAA and you're looking at it, you're like, my money makers are in places where, you know, necessarily maybe they shouldn't play. I don't know. They should play. There's two sides to it. Right. But I mean, from a money making perspective, they're kind of in this conundrum, like where they, I think they left it up to the commissioners because that that's probably their best chance at making money. Cause at the end of the day, this whole thing is like a profit thing. It's also Jordan, a little CYA going on. Yeah, yeah. Because if it, if it blows up, Eric, in the SEC and the ACC country, who looks bad? Those schools and those commissioners. Does the NCA look bad? They said, no, we we gave everybody the chance, gave them all the information, they made the decision. They're trying to protect and their rear ends. And that's just what the NCAA is all about and why we have problems that we do in college sports because they're not interested – in doing what's best for everybody else. They're interested in CYA. And cashing that big fat check. That's the bottom line, guys, is the NCAA is a business. It is not an organization that is out for the best interest of the athletes. It's not educational. It's, It's nothing other than a bottom line business. And, uh, you know, making a nationwide mandate does not help the bottom line. And that's why we have what we have. Now I have heard some scuttlebutt recently about the power five conferences, uh, getting together and forming their own organization separate from the NCAA as a result of this. And, you know, that may, that may come as a result of, of this, uh, you know, this coronavirus situation, um, you know, we may see that. We may see the, the Power Five conferences realizing that they don't need the NCAA in order to be profitable, in order to make the best decisions for their student athletes. And, and we may see the end of the NCAA. I heard one commentator on ESPN today saying that the NCAA will be no longer one year from now. I mean, obviously, that's a little uh, a speculative, if you will. Um, but I will say that, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of two sides to that coin. What I want to know is what you guys think, you know, what does this do to conferences like the big 10 and the PAC 12 who have decided not to play? Does that hurt them or help them in their recruiting long-term and their, in their, uh, 
you know, financials for their, for their other sports long-term. What is the effect of all this for those two conferences? Okay, Reg, I'll give you, I'll give you a number on the financial. Heard this today. The University of Iowa football team, and the, therefore the University of Iowa athletic department, therefore the University of Iowa, with this football season being canceled, they will lose $100 million. And that number was figured out even if there were no fans. So if you throw the fan part on top of it, that number gets even bigger. So that's the University of Iowa. Iowa too, Brian, I'll tell you. What's that, Reg? I said that money goes a long way in Iowa too, I'll tell you. A lot, lot further than California money. I know. So you look <laughs> at that scenario. Reg is like in the – he might be in Iowa the way that sounded. I think um, he's driving there right now. <laughs> but, you know, when you look at it, the financial, you imagine the money that comes into the University of Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Notre Dame from football. It's it's insane. And so, it's very hard for these guys to walk away from that. So because of that, let's put in jeopardy all these 18 to 23-year-olds and throw them out there as they find out that the, that the you know, and I'm not a – you know, I'm not a – a huge, oh, COVID is the end of the world kind of guy. But you're talking about college athletes and the chance to, to uh, develop long-lasting cardiac issues and lung issues and things like that. Um, there is that potential, whether it will happen or not, I don't know. And I don't know how cautious you want to be, but man, is it really worth that risk of throwing an 18 to 23-year-old out there and saying, yeah, go ahead and take the risk because I need my 100 mil. You know, I, I just, that, that, that is a weak, weak argument for making any kind of decision. And remember, well, Iowa might have lost 100 million if they cancel the season altogether, but if they play it in the spring, and just imagine this, if things get better and they play it in the spring and they can have fans and they can have that television contract, in a time when there normally isn't anything being televised of significance, who comes out better? Just by saying, let's let's at least take a step back and take a look at this. No, I, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. What I'm saying is that's that's the emphasis. And I think that there's a belief in the South that, A, you can see the way that they have approached this entire COVID thing, that they're, they feel a confidence and I think the other thing is interesting as I read some articles today, you know, the, the work that's being done medically to check on the heart issues and so forth, it's not going to be foolproof. Nobody, nothing is, but they're taking a lot of steps to do the best they can to protect these players the best they can. The other thing is you have the ability, each conference stated, if the player would like to opt out, they can keep their scholarship and they can opt out of the season. It becomes a red shirt season and they can come back and play the next year, or they can, you know, declare for the draft. Here was one question I had. I want want Jordan to answer this one, at least to start. Yeah. One of the things college is for, right, is to get a degree, and part of the idea is it prepares you for a career beyond college, right? Yeah. So what do you say to those Pac-12, Big Ten, Mountain West, and so forth players who – have the ability and the opportunity to play at the next level would be eligible to be drafted this coming spring. And yet you are telling them they are not allowed to take the classes that they need to maximize their career opportunity. Well, that, that, that's a hard question, Brian. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, for, for, for guys, I think that are, are, are on that, upper echelon and they're looking, you know, NFL draft and, and professional sports. I think you just tell them to keep working. And, and when we play, you know, like the film will kind of speak for itself. I mean, I don't think there's much more you can tell those guys. I think you just tell them, stay ready. When we get on the field, you put it on the tape and then hopefully, you know, good things happen. And we hope that the season, you know, pans out the way it does in the spring. Now for those that, you know, are, are, are the majority of the roster that are probably aren't looking that way. You're going to have to kind of come to a decision with them and probably have meetings where it's like, hey, this is the situation. Um, yes, you can help the football team. Yes, you may want to play, but this is how it's going to affect, you know, eligibility, you know, graduation, whatever the case may be. 
And, and, and the hard part is, is you actually might end up losing some guys. I mean, that's just, I think that's the situation and, and the fact of the matter, you know, of this time. And, and it's a hard thing, but at the same time, I think it comes down to the player, you know, where they're at in their, in their minds, you know, do I want to move forward with my career away from football or is football that important to me? And I want to, you know, pursue that. And that, that's the tough part about it. So I, I did a little thing, Eric. I went through the top 50 prospects in the NFL and I looked at who, how many of them are in those conferences that are not playing this fall. 18 of the 50, so 36% will not play this fall, which means which is, you're, go ahead. Which is about right because that's, you know, 40% of the power, power five aren't playing. Okay. So, so the percentages are equal. Here's where it gets interesting. But five of the top seven potential draftees are not playing. Yeah, there you go. And you named one, Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. There's a big offensive tackle, last name of Sewell from the University of Oregon. Here's a guy we haven't talked about, Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State University. Again. Division one double A not playing. Uh, Rondell Moore, electric wide receiver from Purdue, and Micah Parsons, the top linebacker in the country at Penn State. So five of the top seven. So does that improve their value? Make it. You know what I mean? It's it makes for very interesting because the the tape you're going to have on these guys is going to be a year and a half old when decisions have to be made. Because if I'm those guys and you have a spring season. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm going to play because if you have a, a season-ending injury, that could take you out of your rookie season in the NFL too. It's all very complicated. Let's let's. Uh, those are all very good points. And Jordan, thank you for. I thought that was a very intelligent answer and, and something I can learn from. So thank you. Um, but what what we want to do now? Let's jump over and just make one quick prediction on college football of the the who do you see as the two teams to be? or the four teams in the first season and the two teams in the second. And we'll start with Jordan. Who do you like in the fall? Uh, I mean, in, in the fall, it's, it's hard to change from, for, from what we've been picking the last, I don't know how many years we've been doing this yes. podcast, right? All right. I mean, Jordan, I, Jordan's got Bama and Clemson. There's no question. Bama and Clemson. I'm going to say Bama and Clemson, Brian, or just say something different. I know. Good. When we get to I'm Reggie, keep calling this until it happens. I'm going to say Georgia and Clemson. Okay, so Brian, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia all with diff, new quarterbacks this year. And if I remember right, the Georgia quarterback is the best of the three. All right, Reggie, who do you got in the fall? Um, have you guys forgotten about LSU? They're the the returning national champs. What's wrong with you people? Reg, did you forget how many of their players were picked in the first round of the draft? The, the, whole, the whole roster is in the NFL. It's not a rebuild. It's a reload every year in the SEC, Brian. Come on! LSU. LSU is going to be there. Uh, I think Georgia may give them a run. Um, you know, Alabama is always going to be near the top. I mean, it's SEC field, right? It's the SEC I, field. So I tell you what, I will give a dark – not a dark horse. I don't think they're a dark horse at all. But I think one of the four teams you'll see in the playoff is going to be Oklahoma. Every year. Play, Eric? Are they going to play? Is Big 12 going to play? They just had – They just had. Uh, I mean, they had 19 or – 18 or 19 positive tests early on in the spring. And they had, uh, recently they had more positive tests. Like, I can't remember how many, like three or something like that. Are they even going to play Oklahoma? Oh, yeah, they're going to play. Gonna Trust play. me, they're going to play. They're going to play. It's it's now the Big Twelve has said that they're open to reevaluate, but as of now they're going to go. Um, so I just want to throw that out. Now then, let's talk about the Pac-12, Big Ten, Mac Whack, and the um, Mountain West. Who is uh, who's in the Rose Bowl, Jordan? Rose Bowl. So so we're talking about the the spring now. Is that right? That's correct. I'm I'm just going to go kind of crazy just because I want to see it happen. I hope I hope USC is in the Rose Bowl. And I hope they play. I hope they play Penn State. I just think that would be a sick Rose Bowl. SC and Penn those State, two historic teams. I think that would be cool. Didn't see that one coming, Reg. I think you will see 
in a season like this, the coaches are going to play more of a factor than the players. And I think that's where you'll see the cream of the crop rise to the top. And in that sense, I think you're going to see Chris Peterson and the Washington Huskies battle somebody like uh, the uh, possibly Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines or, or uh, Penn State. You know, I, I, like, I like Michigan or Penn State out of the Big Ten, and I like Washington out of the Pac-12. Hey, Eric, I'm going to do the same thing to Reg. Eric, I'm going to do the same thing to Reg I did to you. Reg, forgot. Chris Peterson retired. Did he really? Yeah, he did. (laughs) 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 Okay, okay, Washington, bottom of the Pac-12, and I'm going to go. You know what? Scratch that. I'm putting Mike Leach and the Ole Miss Rebels in 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 the spring championship. Or in, in the uh, the winter championship or whatever. And then I'm going, uh, let's go. You know, I like SEC. I like SEC. <laughs> you know, Brian, Brian, it I'm might staying be Cal's you, year, man. Reg. It might be Cal's year. Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm fact-checking everything I say from no now more. on. <laughs> You're wow. not getting me. You're not going to get Brian, me. Brian, who you got this fall? Wait, wait, wait. we got to have a moment of silence for Chris Peterson. What is he thinking? <laughs> Why is he letting it go? Chris Peterson was the man. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Oh, wow. Okay. You so I, I, got, I got Georgia Clemson in the fall and in the spring Rose Bowl. I'm going to go Ohio State and Arizona State. Herm Edwards, you talked about coaching, Reg? You like some Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is going to coach him up. Going to coach him up. Going to coach him up. Jalen Hurts at Ohio, uh, at uh, Arizona State. I mean, he's he's. This was going to be his year. He was going to be a high. So, so I'm thinking in the in the in the spring. I am probably going to go. I I I am going to go the Oregon Ducks, and I am going to go uh, with Northwestern. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. In, in the Big Ten. So are you assuming at Ohio um, State is going to have mass transfers or everybody's going to redshirt? I, I think that you're, you're going to get a team that that has a ton of NFL players that decide not to play. And I think Brian hit it on the head. When, when you're an NFL prospect or an NFL top three rounds or something like that, you're probably not, opt, not going to, to not play. And then I'm going to piggyback on what Reggie said and say that coaching does matter. And that if you've got all your seniors, i.e. Northwestern, and they're smart and they're well coached, I think you've got as good a shot as any right now with them. So that's what I'm going to take. I've got Bama and Clemson in the spring, and I've got uh, Northwestern and Oregon in the fall. All right. We have beat that dead horse until it um, stood up. Right, Uncle. Head already. Leave me alone. Now let's talk a little bit about the NBA. And in the NBA, in the bubble, after an eight-game kind of regroup, they now have the playoffs started. And I tell you what, there are some interesting things that happened in the bubble, and I'm just going to start it out there and say, Jordan, anybody playing better than the Phoenix Suns, and they're not even in the playoffs. Man, it's it, it's just a sad thing. I mean – they started off, I think, I was, I was looking up some things, less than 1% chance to make the playoffs going into the bubble. Uh, I want to say it was like a 0.33% chance they got into the playoffs. Um, and, and what more can you say about these guys? I mean, they went undefeated in the bubble. Eight and oh. Yeah. Devin Booker was unbelievable. I mean, literally playing like a top five type player in the bubble. Um, definitely, I think with him and Damian Lillard, they were one, two best players in the bubble so far. Um, and I think just a great coaching job. I mean, all the way down the roster, I mean, you look at it, there's a lot of young guys on there. There's Mikael Bridges. Um, there's DeAndre Ayton, the big man that was from Arizona. And then, you know, some G League guys that they kind of just grabbed, like Cameron Payne and different players like this. And, and they all rose to the occasion. They're hitting shots. They're playing with confidence. They're kind of rolling the dice and saying, hey, I know, you know, like there's a 0.33% chance we're going to make it. But, I mean, they beat legit teams. Like it's not and like they, they were playing scrubs. They, they whooped them. They got, whooped them. Real quick. Let me ask you guys real quick. Does the fact that the Phoenix Suns win 8-0 and in the bubble, does that 
for you personally, not, not, you know, as a whole, but for you personally, does that discredit this season in the fact that, that a team is going to win the championship in this bubble after a team that goes eight, no in the bubble does not make the playoffs. Does that discredit the champion for you? No, because Phoenix wasn't going to win the championship anyways. Yeah, not, not, not for me. What, what it does show, though, is the fluidity of the game and, and how things can change rapidly and, and uh, how in, if you're engaged, taking on teams that aren't necessarily engaged yet, you do have a huge advantage. And the level of competition is so close, top to bottom. You know, you see a lot of teams like, you know, this year's Warriors team was not good, except there's not that great a jump from, from – you know, they're, they're still getting paid a lot of money to play a game really, really well. And I think we found out how thin that line is with what the Phoenix Suns did. The other team that I, I just jumped off the page to me is the Portland Trailblazers and Dame Lillard. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about Dame Lillard? I mean, if he is not a top two, three point guard in the league, you know, not not counting Steph Curry because obviously we didn't get to see him in the bubble, and, and we can't forget about him. But he has he's made a name for himself, and he said that he's wanted to do it his way in Portland. You know, he had the little scuffle with uh with Paul George and Patrick Beverly when he missed the free throws, and then proceeded to come back with a sixty point game, a fifty point game, and a forty point game when it mattered most. Um, I mean, those guys are balling right now, and the Blazers oh. are scary. So let's ask let's ask Brian and Reggie, is Lillard as good as Steph Curry? <laughs> silence. It's di- oh, well, man. He's a different player. He's a different player. But I'll tell you one thing he's done. He is it's no longer an obvious answer who's a better shooter and who's got more range. That's for sure. Reg, you were trying to say something there. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you got a guy like Jimmy Lillard who can put a team on his back. And, uh, you know, he's doing things that are um, similar to Curry in pulling up from the logo and knocking down threes, um, filling it up. I mean, how many 60-point games has Steph Curry had? Zero, right? So, I mean, I, I think he's got to be in that conversation. And, you know, unfortunately, the difference is that Damian Lillard does not have the cast of characters surrounding him that Steph Curry has had the past, you know, six, seven years. So uh, I, I think that, that uh, you know, he's, he's definitely thrown his name into the hat into the t- as far as, you know, who is going to be the heir apparent to LeBron James in the NBA. <clears throat> wow. So what else Nur- is- having Nurkic is a big deal for him. When yeah. Nurkic is healthy, there's a threat on the block. It opens things up for him, and they can't double him, you know, he's able to do more things. Nurkic is just a re- huge deal for them. I just remember when the game started going small and people were saying that you can't compete small and that the Warriors were a, a, a freak of nature. All of a sudden you see the backcourt combination of Lillard and McCollum. They are, they are incredibly good. And, and then you go over and you, you, you got um, Harden and um, uh, Westbrook. Oh Westbrook. 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 Who's hurt? Thank you. Uh, Harden and, and Westbrook and what they can do small and, and, and Steph and, and what they can do small. It's just the game of basketball has changed. I think, I think Dame Lillard is on the front end of that and he is dynamite. So Jordan, by the way, by the way, real quick, Eric, I had to throw this out here cause you guys were giving me so much hate in previous podcasts. Oh, here we go. go back to like, we're going to have to go back to like podcasts, you know, in the twenties or thirties or something like that. And you guys casted away my man Carmelo Anthony. You guys casted him away. Here we go. I'm going to bring it back up. I'm just saying. We can look at the tape. But you guys casted him away. You guys said he was past his prime. He had nothing left. And shout out to my man Melo. Because Melo is balling. He's back. The headband's back. He's got the three to the head. The guitar playing. He's got it going. He had a big shot for them to make it to the playoffs. He's been a big piece of that Trailblazer team. So shout out Mello. Brian buying or selling Carmelo Anthony. Hey, if he leads the Blazers to an 8-1 upset over the Lakers, I will buy him all day long. Reggie, oh, buying man. or selling. But, uh, but they got to beat I the will. Lakers for him to be legit? 
No way. No, I'm buying them right now because the, the Trailblazers were Western Conference finalists just last year, and they added him, and now here they are. I'm buying As the eighth seed. Great. I don't care. I don't care. Half, like, like, what, 80% of the season was played last year in 2018. I'm buying Melo. I think, I think the Blazers, I think the Lakers have a handful with the, with the Portland Trailblazers in the bubble. Oh, there you go. Reg is going all in on Mel O'Brien. I'm with you. I'm not buying him. Not yet. He, he, but I, I, this okay. is the one case. I hope he actually plays great. Yeah. I guess <laughs> there we go. There we go. So let's get, let's get down to it and let's start taking our picks across this bubble that has now changed because we'd already picked the NBA uh, playoffs once, um, but then things got scrambled and jumbled and it really didn't matter. So now we're going to do it again as we are on the, uh, we're not on the eve of. We are across that doorstep. Playoff games have been played. Um, so real quick, and and without a lot of hoop de doo or falderah, here we go. And nobody likes a lot of falderah or hoop de doo. So just Eric, can you define falderah for for the listening audience? Um, it's it's an amalgam of unrestrained joy and um, undisciplined carelessness. There you go. I'm glad he didn't talk about whoop-de-doo because that could go way too many directions. <laughs> Most of them not appropriate for our listening audience. That's a, our list. a homonym. In, in elementary school, they call it a homonym, a multiple, multiple meaning word, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Now we're into English, and that was my worst subject. So, <laughs> here we go. Bucks Magic in the East, 1-8. Who's got, who's got the Bucks? Who's got the magic? Bucks go. on a sweep. Okay, go Brian. Bucks in a sweep? Yeah, yeah I, I it's, it's not even going to be competitive. Why are we wasting our time then, Jordan? Exactly. I, I got Bucks in five. I'll give the magic one game. I think they've been I don't even hard. care how many. I just wanted the winner. We don't have to get the that. Bucks, yeah, Buck, Bucks got it no matter what. So do I have four Bucks? Yeah, I got yes. Bucks. No, I think I've only got three in my back pocket. I wish I had four. Uh, three more and I got. Four Four Bucks. How about the Raptors and the Nets? And now remember, there's no home court advantage in any of this stuff. So that Raptors home court advantage against the Nets, who can't have five people show up at their gym, and Nets are going to feel right at home. Um, who do we like, Raps or Nets? I, I say, I say, unless unless Kevin Durant gets healthy in a real quick hurry, I think I think the Raptors take it in four. Raptors in four. I think Raptors got the sweep in this one for sure. Karis LeVert, yeah. I mean, has been playing great for Brooklyn, but he's not going to be enough, not by himself. No, no, love, love what may be happening for the Nets, but no, no Raptors all the way and make it easy. Celtics and Sixers, the 3-6 matchup. Without Ben Simmons, the Sixers do not have a chance. Um, the Celtics are going to take the series in six. I got one Celts. I'm a Jordan Celtics and six. Same same reasons. One Celtics and two five. Celts. Got three Celts. I'll take the Celts over the Sixers as well. So far, either we're all geniuses or we don't know a single thing. Uh, how about the Pacers and Heat? The four five matchup in the East. Pacers and Heat. Only competitive series in the East in the first round. The only competitive series. Meaning Jordan, why don't you go with yours and then I'll give you mine? Because we talked about this before. <laughs> I think that's like cheating. I, sure. I, I love I love the Heat. I love the Heat. I'm telling you, they're one of the top three teams that are trending right now, other than the Suns and the Blazers. They play hard. They're competitive. Jimmy Buckets is going to bring it. They have shooting. I think they get it done in six. All right. So that's the first lower seed that we've had taken. Jordan takes the Heat. Brian? I'm going to go best series. We're going to go seven. But I think and this isn't a play on words, it just happens to be this way, the pace that the Pacers will force the Heat to play, it's not going to be up and down, and Victor Oladipo will find a way to make a play, and Pacers in seven in by far the most entertaining competitive series in either conference in the first round. Reggie. I think Oladipo has too much to prove. I, I got the Pacers in six. I think that the Heat will make it interesting in the games, but Oladipo ends up proving to be too much. I got the Pacers in six. 
Come on, Eric. Split uh, the difference, baby. I am going to split the difference. I'm going with Jordan. We are in this one together, lockstep. And Jimmy Butler, um, everybody mocked him when he left and went to uh, the Heat. And uh, he's got something to prove, and he is doing it right now by getting the Heat a five seed, which I didn't think was really possible. Um, I think they take down the Pacers. Let's go over to the West. First round, Lakers, Blazers, 1-8. This will be interesting. Lakers, Blazers, 1-8. Jordan, you muted yourself, pal. Sorry, there I am. I don't think the Lakers love that matchup. I mean, the way Damian Lillard's playing, the way CJ and Nurkic and all those guys are playing, but I don't see how they can overcome LeBron and AD. I think it's an interesting series. I think it'll go longer than people expect. I actually think it's going seven, and I think the Lakers get it done in seven. Lakers in seven. Brian, who do you got, Lakers or Blazers? I I agree with Jordan in a lot of areas, but I'm going to say Lakers in six. I just think there's too much talent. Too much Lakers talent the Lakers. Six. LeBron's not going to let them lose in the first round. I will jump in there and say I think it will be the Lakers. The Blazers will cool off. They will find a way to hold uh, Lillard and McCollum down. Uh, they can match up with Nurkic inside. I think it's the Lakers. Um, I don't like that, but I will take the Lakers. Reg? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, you know There's what? a shock. Right? <laughs> I, I think uh, – If he calls the Cal Bears here, we've got <laughs> – some kind of a moratorium or something. No, no, no. I think I, I don't think Nurkic's game is inside. I think I think Nurk I think Nurkic is best from from the perimeter. I think uh, I think the Blazer the Blazers are the better perimeter team. And I think um, you know when you when you have a team that that plays a perimeter game, it comes down to whether or not they're hot. And right now they're hot. I take the Blazers in seven. So Reggie's going with the Blazers. He's the only upset since the uh, we believe. The, hey, Reg, does that mean Carmelo knocks down the game-winning three at the buzzer? In game oh, I would five. love that. Game five. He does that in game five, and then it's all Lillard game six and seven. All right, there you go. One guy, we have an outlier. And is anybody shocked it's Reggie? No. <laughs> all right, let's take a look at the 2-7 matchup, Clips and Mavs. And we'll start with Brian this time. That's, this way he doesn't get a chance to cheat and piggyback off of somebody. No, it, it – Clips, I have the Clips winning the whole thing at the beginning. I haven't changed my mind. Clips in six because so, Donkic will be Donkic at least a couple of times. Brian's got the Clips. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to take the Clips as well. I just – I love Paul George and I love um, – uh, Kawhi I love Leonard. I forgot his name. Kawhi Leonard. Thank you very much. Wow. <laughs> just love the way those two guys play. They both – they can play some defense. They can play some offense. I will take the Clips. Reggie. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I got the Clippers, but it's not because I like Paul George or any of the other guys. I, I like Patrick Beverly. I like I like Beverly because he's a he's – Oh, that no. figures. Another shocker. They are, they are the best defensive team in the playoffs. I think the Clippers get this one, even though uh, Doncic has a – you know, he, he might go off for 50 in a game or two. Um, but I think I, I got the Clippers in six. You know, he mentioned he mentioned Patrick Beverly. I just have to change my pick now. No, I'll stay the same. I just I cannot stomach the man. Anyway, oh, Jordan, you're up. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going four for four. I just think I, I love Donkic. I love Porzingis. But they're going to throw so many bodies. They're going to throw George, Leonard, Beverly, so many gritty defenders at him that eventually he'll tire down and wear down and Clippers will take Jordan, him. Jordan, how many, how many minutes will Beverly play on Porzingis? <laughs> not on Porzingis. He might switch on there, but I guarantee you he's not just going to take a post up. He'll, he'll throw him to the ground might, a couple times. He'll rough him up. I, he might. Uh, all right. I mean, he, he did it to Durant last year. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, we got to keep this moving. Nuggies against the Jazz, the three versus the six. Jordan, quickly. You know what? I, I actually like the Jazz in this series, and I think they're just the the, the older veteran group that's been together. Um, I think they got some guys that, you know, play their role to the to the best of their ability. Ingles hit shots. Donovan Mitchell's the guy, and All and they got right. the, a defender in the middle. So I'm going to go Jazz. You heard it here first. Our resident basketball expert picks the number six seed Jazz, Brian. Nuggets, but it'll go seven. Most okay. even most even matchup in the West, these two teams. Brian likes the Nuggets over the Jazz in seven, Reg. 
I like I like Mitchell and the Jazz. Uh, I, I I agree with Brian. I think it's going to be competitive. It might go seven, but I think Mitchell. Uh, this is this is a semi coming out party before he he really goes off in twenty twenty one. All right, I'm gonna go back with the Nugs. I just, I, I, I just, I like their light blue uniforms. So we're gonna go with <laughs> um, the next series: the Rockets and the Thunder. Well, I, I will go first here, and I will take the Thunder, the number five seed, uh, simply because Harden and Westbrook play on the Rockets. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! There you go. I, I just I leave it all on the table right there. There's no punches pulled. Reg? <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> and it's hard to follow that up, guys. Uh, I, I threw it to you. I'm gonna go with the Rockets. Uh, because uh, because Harden and Westbrook are on the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go, Jordan. Uh, I'm going with the Rockets. I just think the the Harden Westbrook LeBron AD next round is so enticing that there's no way they lose to the Thunder even though there's so many great storylines there but they'll get it done in five. So so Jordan is saying the series is fixed because of the storylines and he will take the Rockets. All right. <laughs> I'll take the Rockets in six. Over under on the number of free throws James Harden takes in this series. I'm going to set it at sixty. Way over. Oh, way gee, over. I got the over so bad. He oh, man, I say digits. 96. If, if it goes seven games, he may get triple digits. Okay. Yeah, he earned them, though. Nah. Sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's the first round. I'll pick now then quickly through the second round. Quickly. We all had Raptors Celts. Who's going to win that one? Quick. Jordan, one word. Go. Raptors. Brian. Celtics. Reggie. Got the Raptors. I'd take the Celtics. The old guys can stick together on this one. We, that's probably because we remember when the Celtics were really good. Um, this Then it was the Bucks, and half of us had the Pacers, half of us had the Heat. I will tell you, I take the Bucks over the Heat. It's just who I chose, so I got the Bucks moving on. I'm going to I'm gonna have the one shocker of our of my bracket. I got the Heat beating the Bucks. I, I, I like the Heat. I like the Heat coming in. Oh. Bucks. I have the Bucks in this one as well. And so three of us have the Bucks making it to the semis, and two of us have the Celtics, two have the Raptors. In the final, Bucks v. Raptors. Who's got the Bucks v. Raptors? That's Reg. Oh, uh, I will take uh, – you know what? I think uh, no Kawhi to hit the game-winning buzzer beater this year. Um, I think I think the Bucks take it. I think Giannis is going to get his first – you know, first NBA Finals appearance, at least. Who's got the Heat v. Raptors? Yeah, I got Heat versus Raptors. I think Heat have enough grit to get it done against the Bucks, but I think the Raptors overall are the better team, so they'll get to the Finals. Brian, both of us have the Celts and the Bucks. 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 So most of us have the Bucks going through, except for the guy that's supposed to know. So we will either give him all kinds of heck <laughs> by the time this is over, or uh, he will let us know why he is considered our basketball expert back in the West. In the second round, we have Lakers versus the Thunder. That's that's me. I'll take the Lakers over the Thunder. Brian? Lakers-Rockets? Yeah. Series I probably will not, will not watch one game because of all the free throws. <laughs> I'll take the Lakers. Two Lakers so far. Jordan? Yeah, Lakers, Rockets. I got the Lakers in seven. I think I think Harden and Westbrook will bring it, but LeBron is is is, is destined to get there. I'm telling you. Again, the Lakers win because it's fixed because of quote unquote destiny. Thank you <laughs> for that. Uh, Brian he is the uh, NBA Reggie. expert, Eric. That it would be the expert. He knows the inside scoop, right? Him and Ahmad Rashad. They 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 know the inside. <laughs> Uh, I, I have the Rockets Blazers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rockets in this one. I think James Harden's a little too much. I think uh, I think he's got a lot to prove too. I think this is his year. So, I think I think Harden is a lot too much, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> I mean, the beard alone is too much. And then finally, the championship game of the whoa 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 whoa. We got clips. Oh, clips oh in sorry. These are clips in the Jazz. 
I just assumed that it was going to be the clips because that's who I'm taking. That's where the anybody not picking the clips. I I got the Clippers. I got the Clippers. Everybody's taking the Clips. Everybody's got the Clippers. All right. So in the West, it comes down to Clips Lakers for most of us. I'll take the Clips. Clips. I got the Lakers. I, I think I think LeBron gets to the finals. I think I think the he gets. Fix he, is in. In. He can't yeah. he can't lose to he can't lose to another team in L.A. That's just it, it will Star never lines, go that way. Destiny, you know, it's all. Those are the those Man. are great words. Those, those what, about the, you, what does Reg got? Reg has what the uh, Clips and the, the Rockets. I have the Rockets and the Clippers, and I think, uh, you know, for the – what is this? The This would be the like the fourth or fifth straight time that the, Rocker, that the Rockets come up against uh, a team in the Western Conference Finals and can't get it done. I think it's the Clippers based on their defense alone. Okay. All right. All right. I can't argue with that call. Um, so, for my champion, I've got the Bucks and the Clips. Um and I think I really like um, the Clippers. I can tell you put a lot of thought into this, Eric. I have. <laughs> I remember taking the clips. Several days. I'm I'm I'm, I'm anxious. I'm bated breath to hear to hear what you ha- what you've come up with. You know, when I do picks, it's generally best if I don't think about it. I, I find that. <laughs> um, but I will take I will take the uh, Clippers over the Bucks. I love Giannis but I don't think Mr. Antetokounmpo uh, can do it all by himself, and I don't think there's as much help there as what the Clips have. I, I love the Bucks, but then when, when he becomes a free agent and he comes to the Warriors just to win that championship, he couldn't get it. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Am I tampering? Clips, Wait, I just Bob tampered. Myers. <laughs> oh, and Bob Myers' ears, too. That's 50000 oh, man. man. That's $50,000, 50K. I just tampered. That's my bad. All right, we got Brandon. Bucks clips. That's what I picked in whatever we did this. What October? And I'm not changing it now. Bucks clips. Clips to win it. Too much Kawhi. Finds All a way right. to do it. Reg, what do you got? Oh man, I, you know oh, it pains me to say it. It pains me to say it, guys, because I'm I'm gonna have to agree with the majority so far. I'm gonna go with the Clippers, but in order to be to be. Uh, you know, adversary, adversarial, I guess you could say, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's not because of, of Kawhi. It's because of uh, Patrick Beverly, Patrick, oh, gosh. the NBA finals MVP <laughs> and the Clippers oh, no. in the 2020 NBA playoffs. Jordan, oh, Jordan, Jordan, we got to do this pick. I'm about to throw up. So <laughs> wrap this up. All right, I had Lakers Raptors, and I know I've been talking about destiny with LeBron. I, I said he was. I thought you had. Whoa, 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 time out, time out. I thought he picked the Heat. No, 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 no. I had the Raptors. Did I mishear heat. that, Eric? We'll have to run the tape back. I'm. I'm I had. The, I, I had the Heat beating the Bucks. I had the Heat. I had the Heat beating the Bucks, and I said they were gritty enough to beat them, but they weren't good enough to oh, beat the Raptors. Yeah, oh, okay, maybe that's what I heard. Right. I, I tuned right. after right. I heard they were gritty right. enough. We can run it back. We can run it back. Uh, but anyways, right. I got Lakers Raptors, and I said LeBron was destined to get to the finals. I didn't say he was destined to win the finals. So I got the Raptors beating the Lakers in the finals in seven. I think people are forgetting that. They haven't lost anybody except for Kawhi, and they're still very, very good, and they still have the championship pieces to win a championship. So I'm going with the Raptors. Did I see that one coming? Nope. Not at all. I like it. I didn't see it coming. but And and when it happens, I'll bring out the Mystic Ball, and and you guys can praise me for all my championship wins that I've had over the years, okay? Uh, Well, the chances of those two teams getting to the finals are pretty good with your track record, Jordan. It's picking the winner that hasn't been great. There you go. There you go. All right. Hey, I got one more question. One more Uh question before we wrap. Very quickly. This week it is the NBA draft lottery. Do the Golden State Warriors get the number one pick in the draft? I hope not. I hope they get five because I want them to draft Obi Toppin, and this is for another podcast, but Obi Toppin to the Golden State Warriors, that's what I want. Okay, because I have no idea who Obi Toppin is. 
Um, I will say no, they won't get it either. I say they're going to get like a number three and trade it away. Reg? I say they don't get the number one pick. Uh, Obi Toppin sounds like a hobbit from the Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's six. He's six eight. He's six he's eight, the, man. He's a dude. He's the he's the big he's the big hobbit. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Forget it. I I go with Jordan. I hope they get the number five. I hope they get Obi Toppin, and they call him they call him the the large hobbit, and that's a <laughs> large hobbit. Uh, All right, I, I'm going to say they don't get it. I think they end up with the number two pick. The number two pick. And then the draft the yellow ball, huh? They, they, number one? They, no, please. Number one. That, that's Lord, the better no. question. Who gets, who gets the number one? Oh, of course. If the Warriors have the chance to get the number one and they don't get it, who gets the number one, Eric? Where's your basketball history? It's going to be the New York Knicks. There you go. The New York Nickelbockers. Because, because the fix is in. <laughs> hey, that it's all the other things that we've said. If LaMelo Ball gets drafted to the Golden State Warriors, I will personally purchase three uniforms for you guys. LaMelo Ball, Golden State Warrior jersey. And, and, and as much as I love you, if you personally purchase me a 2X LaMelo Ball shirt, I will <laughs> burn it on our podcast. <laughs> I cannot wait you know. to see you in the LaMelo Ball, I, Golden State Warrior I, jersey. I do, not have, I do not have strong opinions about basketball and basketball players at all. <laughs> no, not at all. None of them. Hey, oh, look, and I hope you all have enjoyed this episode of Get in the Game, episode 89. We touched on some college football. We touched on some NBA playoffs. Jordan Santa Maria was here. Reggie Wright was here. Brian Nelson was here. And me, Eric Davis, I was here as well. We want to thank you for listening. And again, Brian, if they enjoyed it at all, share it with their friends who can find it in all kinds of different places. Yep, at our website, bluechipbroadcasting.com on the podcast page. All 89 episodes you can find there. That would fill some quarantine time, wouldn't it? Yes. Fill that quarantine time. And we'll then you, you can also quarantine. go to iTunes, search oh, Get In The God, Game, like Blue Eric Chip. very much at the end of those 89-episode binge, at the end of that 89-episode binge, but that's that's partially my fault. On behalf of of Blue Chip Broadcasting. I'd like to apologize for ripping on Eric for 89 episodes straight. Eric, we're turning a new leaf. You and I, man. You and I, 2021 is our year. Uh, we're going to conquer this coronavirus. It's you and me, man. <laughs> Eric is the stage. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. He's the man. Listen to Eric Davis. 89 <laughs> Wow. I am not sure I'm buying what he is selling, but we will <laughs> see if that leaf is turned over. Um, I'm not holding my breath. Um, and even if I did, it would only be for like 45 seconds. So it's not like that big of a deal. Um, by the way, we aren't biased. If you don't like what you hear, tell all the people you don't like and have them listen to us. We'll be good with that. Just have people listen to us. And the one thing we want to leave you with as we get out of here, out of this edition of Get in the Game, is that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, make sure you get in the game. You've been listening to Get in the Game, an exclusive presentation of the Blue Chip Sports Network. Get in the Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com.